I am so excited to introduce Neutralite. This company has been around for 80 plus years. They were green before green was even a thing. They have the world's number one kids and adults vitamins and kids and adults probiotics. This company uses the power of plants from seed to product to nourish and support you and your family's immune systems so you can have fun and enjoy living life together. You know, personal testimony, I had allergies for years and couldn't even be in the room with dust or cats. And the only thing I've changed since then were my vitamins and supplements. They truly cleaned out my system. And now I have three cats. Don't spend another penny on low quality vitamins that invest more in advertisement than the product. Arm yourself with Neutralite vitamins and probiotics, and they have so many more things that will keep you and your family happy and healthy. Also, you can earn points towards cash with every purchase, and with purchases over $99, there's free shipping. Stop losing sleep and time with your family and get back to life with Neutralite. The link is in the show notes. Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. And today's guest is Dr. Vanessa Rowan, founder of Learning Biology with Dr. Vanessa. Ever since she was little, she had a love for science and a fascination with how the body works. As she grew older, she began to work in labs and do research. She loved discovering new things. After receiving her PhD in 2009, she began teaching anatomy and physiology, among other classes at the university level. These classes taught were actually pretty difficult, but she enjoyed being able to make those difficult subjects easier to understand. She found a passion for teaching and increasing health literacy. The one thing she says we must understand is that even though not everyone will go into the medical field, there are instances in which we all must be able to advocate for ourselves or a loved one. The more you know about your body and how it works, the better you can understand and form those decisions. In this episode, we talk about how homeschooling isn't always so easy and how it doesn't need to look exactly like regular traditional school. And Dr. Vanessa also talks how she helps students understand anatomy and physiology and how the body works, gaining that basic knowledge about their body so they can make better decisions about their health in the future. Go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Dr. Vanessa has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Today, we have Dr. Vanessa with Learning Biology with Dr. Vanessa. <laughs> Dr. Vanessa, say hello to our guest and tell us, what is something you think most people just don't know about homeschooling? Hey, how are you doing? I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. I think one thing that people don't really know about homeschooling or they think about homeschooling is that it's easy. Yeah. And, and <laughs> it's not, like it's not easy. <laughs> There's work to be done. There is lots of work to be done. Yes. In fact, it might be a little bit more actually than traditional school 
teachers, because we kind of get our curriculum rolled out to us and we get trainings on it, <laughs> where homeschool moms, that's something you have to do on your own. But the difference is the reward is probably is definitely better <laughs> than, you know, sending your kids away. So that's just there's gives and takes, right? So yeah, for sure. Dr. Vanessa, you've been on the podcast before, but you were on with a different company. And now you have learning biology with Dr. Vanessa. Tell us about what you're doing, your program and your focus of your curriculum. Yeah. So just real quick, I have a background in biology, my PhD in biology, and I taught at the university level for many years. And one of the things is that biology is hard and understanding biology and being able to understand it is not always easy, even with homeschooling parents that I'm in groups with. So on top of my company, I also homeschool my girls. And so I'm in those groups a lot. And they're always like, well, science is really hard. If you don't know it, it's hard. And when I was teaching, all my students would always tell me, you can take these really hard concepts and you make them so easy to understand. And oh. so that's what I'm doing with my company, Learning Biology with Dr. Vanessa, is taking those difficult to understand concepts and presenting them in a way that makes sense so that others can learn them because it's very important to learn biology, especially anatomy and physiology and how the body works. And I'm just presenting them in a way that's easier to understand. That's awesome. You know, it's funny. So I teach biology, chemistry, and physics. And I always say, biology is the hardest science. I'm like, I don't care what anyone says. I was like, I've been studying sciences so long. And I'll tell you, hands down, biology is way more difficult than chemistry or even physics. I find physics to be so much easier. Sometimes when I have to do bio, I'm like, no, no, just give me physics. <laughs> it's so funny. Biology has a lot of levels and a lot of depth to it. And it's always changing and it involves both chemistry and physics. So it's just to me, I'm like, I give kudos to bio teachers. It is not the easier science. It is way harder than all of the other ones for sure. So awesome. Yeah. And taking it and making it easy because sometimes it could also deter somebody feeling like, oh my gosh, I'll never understand that. And then when we can just speak to people in layman's terms and just explain it to them, they're like, what? That's it? I'm like, yeah, science actually isn't as hard as you think. I mean, because maybe because I'm more chemistry and physics, I feel like it's just very mathematical, you know, so it's very logic based to me. It, for me, I don't have to think too hard. <laughs> it's just math is just easier for me, I guess. So, but yeah, tell me, how is it that you're able to take some things that like anatomy and physiology, which are your focuses and make them simple? Because those are pretty, I remember being in anatomy and physiology class and having to just have the skeleton in front of me. And I remember having all the muscles and then all the veins. I, I was just remember thinking, and I remember, I mean, I did, I memorized every single one of them. Do I know them today? No, but I did memorize them when I had to. So how do you take that and make it understandable? Because kids are actually telling you, thank you. I get it. Yeah. And, and I, now, I don't think that it's something that's super easy or that comes easy to most people to be able to take that information and make it easy to understand. One, I think that I have some sort of gift to be able to read things and make it in an easier way. Also, during my PhD training, I actually was part of a fellowship. It was called the GK12 Fellowship, where we 
went into high schools and we actually made curriculum and worked with the kids in the classroom doing demonstrations and things of that nature that gave you an exposure to a different level of learning where when you're working on your PhD and you're working in science and you're writing your papers and you're working on your dissertation, you're going higher up, higher up in level, and you're reading these difficult papers and they're easy for you to understand why, because you've done it for so long, right? The first time I opened up a paper and I read a paper, right? A scientific paper. I wasn't like, oh, this is so easy. It was difficult. I had to learn how to do that. But after years of doing it, it becomes very, very easy. And then you get to a different level of speaking and a different level of thinking. And so then taking that to a lower level, high school or elementary school is not always very intuitive. But while I was working on my PhD and growing in my levels of science, we were going into the high school and getting to do these demonstrations with the students and teaching them at their level. And that was really helpful because it kept you aware of the level where they were versus the level where I was. And one of the things that we also had to do was we had to give them, we had to give talks on our science as well. So what we were researching, we had to be able to present to the students in a way that they would understand also. And so that really gave a lot of experience with that. So when I started teaching, when I, after I graduated and I started teaching at the university level, I felt that I had a better connection of how my students were thinking and how they were coming in maybe with no background at all, because most of the classes I taught was anatomy and physiology. I taught a bunch of biology type classes, but it was mostly anatomy and physiology. And some students would come in with no biology background at all. So I had to be able to teach this to them in a way that they could understand. And biology, like you were saying, it's difficult. And of course, everything has a scientific name. And maybe there's two or three names to that thing, because we had to name it several times. And so then that gets very difficult, because then you want to learn something, but now you're having to just learn new terminology before you even learn the new concept. So I think that the way that I break it down is I take the information, and I build upon the information so that it makes more sense at the end and that they can understand that topic that we're discussing. But like layers. That's great. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. sometimes when we bring all the information out, it can be really confusing. Like I know with my students, I can't just bring them information. I do have to layer it. I have to start off with the rudimentary, give them a good foundation and then work my way up. I remember being in college with my microbiology teacher. I never forget her name, Dr. Lili. <laughs> she was a pistol and her English was not so good. <laughs> she's teaching microbio and she was teaching at a rate that I was like, what are you talking about? You know, and you only how many, how long do you have the class? Maybe three months microbio one and you have three months to learn what she's learned in 20 years, right? Because she was definitely around for some time. I remember mm -hmm. telling her one day, uh, Dr. Lili, you've been doing this 20 years. I just got here a month ago. <laughs> like I really told her that. And she's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> just so that you know, like not where you are. <laughs> so please help me out here because it was difficult, but I really did enjoy it. And I found microbio to be a little easier than even regular bio for some reason, probably because it's a little bit more mathematical. Again, I tend to like really go for the chemistry or the math because it really just jives with me. So, but I love that you think that way because I do believe 
if we're going to help our young ones or the kids coming up in school to understand this stuff, and which is so important to understand your anatomy, understand your physiology, especially now with all these new diseases and sicknesses coming out and everything, just to understand your own physiology on your immune system and how it works. And just, it's awesome. It really, really isn't. And you said you develop your curriculum to be more critical thinking, curiosity-based. Is that more like inquiry-based? So do you use a more of an inquiry-based method to teaching them? Yes. Yes. When I teach, I like to pose questions because I think that the best way to learn is to think about it. I mean, I could talk about all of these topics till I'm blue in the face and the kids can listen right to it. But when they're posed questions and then they have to think about it, that's when they're really able to learn and take those concepts in when they're able to answer questions or even talk them through answering the question. Maybe they can't answer it right away, but if I can talk them through answering the question, then it's like that moment where they get it and they understand it. Yeah. And for the parents, just kind of elaborate and clarify. So inquiry-based learning, for those of you who don't know, I think a lot of you do know, but inquiry-based means that we teach with questions, more questions and more discovery versus lecture base. I mean, there's a place for lecture, but when we teach inquiry, we tend to ask more questions. In fact, my class, when I taught inquiry chemistry, I actually didn't lecture at all. I would give them all the resources and the information. And I told them, I will not answer your questions, but I will trade questions with you. So they didn't like that for the first three weeks. I actually got a lot of pushback, but I was like, it's okay, you'll be fine. And by three weeks, they became such learners. It was crazy how they were discovering things, how they were seeing things that they normally didn't see and how they no longer answered questions for their peers. They were like, I'll trade you a question. <laughs> it's like, this is awesome. So they started learning how to Instead of answering people's questions, they would ask a question to lead them to the answer. That's why I really do love that. And I love the Socratic method to be able to help students just to get to the right answer. And also the inquiry base for those of you who don't know, we're not just flippantly <laughs> like letting them discover. It's like they're truly discovering the actual right answer, but it's coming more organically than being told. So I just wanted to clarify that we're not just you can figure out whatever you want. Your answer is right. That's not true. <laughs> well, I think it teaches them to think on their own. And there is always pushback at the beginning. You know, they don't want to do it. They just want, give me the information that I need to know. Tell me what's on the test so that I can do well on the tests, right? But when you start to mold them like that and get them thinking, then they start to think critically about other things too. And then they start asking questions about other things. And, you know, you can see towards the end of the class, that they've really changed the way that they're thinking. And they're starting to think about other things, asking questions about other things, and in turn, learning more. And you remember that so much better than just memorizing an answer for a test, right? Or memorizing a definition. Yeah, I feel like it brings more self-awareness too to them because most of the day, I think all of us are always asking ourselves questions, right? Like, what am I going to do next? What am I going to cook? What am I going to wear? What am I going to do here? What am I going to do that? What am I going to, you know, oh, I have to do this. What time am I going to do that? So I think we live in a world of asking ourselves questions 
And I think if we can teach them how to ask really good questions, to critically think and to just be self-aware in that, I think it does bring self-awareness actually. I do think it brings self-awareness. I love this method so much because it really does help foster like the aha moments. And I feel like aha moments are awesome. You know, mm -hmm. that moment where the kid's like, oh, you know, and like, yes, you got it. <laughs> I love that. So do you have like any testimonies and have any parents talk to you about like how their kids are doing with your curriculum and what it's done for them? Well, right now, most of my curriculum, so to speak, is I have videos up on YouTube oh, and right. anybody can watch them. So th that's kind of what I've transitioned to. Um, and so with that, I mean, I get comments all the time about how, you know, students have really been able to learn the material, able to understand. I finally understand this now um, <laughs> after watching this, you know, <laughs> you described in 10 minutes, what it's taken my teacher three days to teach me um, <laughs> type of thing. So I get a lot of feedback about that they're choosing to watch these videos that you're, they're really learning from these videos that I have up there. That's awesome. That's got to feel good to know that, hey, this is not going to waste. <laughs> like my efforts are going for something. I know it takes a long time to create videos and to put yourself out there and everything. So that's awesome. So you said YouTube. What is your YouTube channel called Learning Biology with Dr. Vanessa? No, it's just Dr. Vanessa. Oh, okay. Yeah. So where would they be able to find all your information and be able to connect with you and essentially grab your resources and start learning? Sure. So I have my YouTube channel and that's youtube.com slash Dr. Vanessa. They can find my videos there. I've separated them into playlists. I have uh, videos on anatomy and physiology. Those are mostly high school and up though my 12 year old watches them all the time and loves them. <laughs> I think it's so funny. I'm like, you heard me video that and you're in there watching it. She's like, I love this one. Um, and then I just started a kid's corner, which is for younger children that I've started. So I have a playlist for the kid's corner where I try to do with those videos. I either have a worksheet that they can follow along with during it or I do it like a demonstration at the end of those to make those a little more interactive without actually being there with them. That's fun. And th yeah. And then I have a website, which is learning biology with drvanessa.com. And on there, I have links to my YouTube videos, but I also have blogs with extra information and PDFs that can be downloaded for free to follow along with my videos or for more information on some of the things that they're learning on my YouTube channel. Oh, it's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cute that your daughter watches your videos. <laughs> <laughs> you might be a scientist in the making. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So as we're wrapping up, what is one big takeaway you want to leave parents with today from our conversation? I think the biggest thing is that science can be fun. I think that when we think about science, especially biology, it's either you really, really love it or you don't like it and you're going to avoid it because <laughs> it's too hard, right? That's what we've given to science. It's too hard. So either we love it, right? And we grow up loving science or it's too hard. 
And I think that science can be loved by everybody. And it's not that you have that everybody has to become a scientist or a doctor or whatever in the science field, but we should all know something, especially when it comes to anatomy and physiology and our bodies, we should all know something about how our bodies work because we never know when we're going to have to be that advocate for ourselves. You know, we go to the doctor, maybe we're not feeling well, a family member, et cetera. And maybe we don't think we're getting the right answers. Well, then what kind of questions do we have to ask? Or how are these medications going to affect my body? And again, we don't need to know it on the very scientific level, but if we know something about how our hearts works or how our lungs work, what the stomach does and how they kind of have that interaction together, we can maybe make better decisions for our health and then even better decisions about what doctors we choose to see for certain things as well. So I think it's really important that there is some interest in science. And so that's what I'm trying to do is show others that science doesn't have to be hard, that we can understand it and that we don't need to be working on a medical degree or a scientist. We don't have to be a scientist working on a PhD or whatever in order to understand that. So was that your, your inspiration into like creating this program, like these videos that way people would be able to learn more about their body and just the desire to really have people just know, like, so that they are able to make educated decisions, understanding decisions, you know, wise decisions about their bodies. Yeah, that really is coming from when I was teaching at the university level. I know I'd go back to that, but that's my roots. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> just being with those students and some of them saying, well, I, I'm not going to go into the science field. I don't need to know this. I'm just taking this class because I fell into this class and I'm like, but you have a body and you should know about these certain things. And, and one of the things that I always did, I taught bio one. So biology one was one of the courses that I taught. And every time I taught, I would always read them this article. And the article was talking about banning dihydrogen monoxide. (laughs) And so I would read, (laughs) you know where I'm going with this. So I would read this article and It was talking about how you have to ban dihydrogen monoxide because it's really bad for you. It can kill you, this, that, and the other. And it was like this newspaper article. And at the end, I would ask them, so how many of you think that we should ban dihydrogen monoxide? About 50% of the classroom would raise their hand every (laughs) time. And I would look at them and I would be like, do you know that dihydrogen monoxide is water? (laughs) And- That's where I was like, this is why it's so important for you to know something about something, right? Yeah. Because if you would have known that, then you would have known that was water. And then you would have been like, well, that's ridiculous. Why are you telling us this? Right. And so that's kind of where that grew from, that it is so important to understand a little bit about science. Again, you don't need to be top level scientists, but just knowing that dihydrogen monoxide is H2O right? Water is really important because when you're reading books or you're reading articles, you're able to delve into this information, understand the difference and just make better decisions for yourself. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would utilize that information and you can use it against you if you don't know the truth, right? Because I mean, think about it. Everything they said about dihydrogen monoxide was true. It can suffocate Mm -hmm. you. 
It can. Oh, yeah. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? It is explosive. It had it, tons of stuff. It was oh, yeah. all it was all accurate. Yeah. But it's water, you know, but it's under the context by which you use water. Right. So that is a great example of why you should educate yourself on things. You know, this is an inert thing. Like it's not even going to harm you. In fact, it's life giving water. Right. But all those things were true under the right context. So it's like right. really, really important, especially now with all the information that's out there to be able to sift and siphon through and understand what you're reading and what you're learning, like you're saying. It's super important to be able to be in the know because people perish for lack of knowledge. (laughs) So exactly. And like now we have Google, right? I mean, you can Google anything and whatever you Google, if you Google any symptom, you could be dying. (laughs) I have a paper cut death, you know? And so just even being able to decipher what you should be reading on the internet versus what may not be filled with the right information. Even that's important now too. Something that when I was going to school, I didn't have to struggle with because there wasn't (laughs) the ability to be able to Google whatever. We had to actually look, go to the library and look things up. But now you can have an answer at your fingertips, but is it the right answer? Correct. Maybe it's a partial right answer. Right. Right. So it's important to be able to have an understanding and knowledge and be able to think critically Yeah, you know, to be able to decipher that information and tell what you should be listening and what you should not be listening to. So true. Dr. Vanessa, thank you so much for sharing just all of your knowledge and wisdom, because, yeah, you made some really great points. And I really do hope that parents who are listening, even for their own sakes, would learn more just so you can have the upper hand and not someone couldn't tell you that dihydrogen monoxide is going to kill you so you want to ban it you know (laughs) it's been awesome talking to you thank you so much for coming on and just sharing everything i will put all of your links and everything in the show notes so everyone can just click and go well thank you thank you so much for having me no problem awesome If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.